Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of King Richard. What's going on? Everybody okay? They got a call. Said there was trouble in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you all need to look around. It's a little wet for practice, don't you think? Don't the girls have schoolwork to do? They do their homework. Tundi's first in her class. Lynn and Isha are too. Now I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids. You know why? Because we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. The chances of achieving the kind of success that you're talking about is just very, very unlikely. Okay, you're making a mistake, but I'm going to let you make it. Watch me hit a few balls. All right. So tell me your names again. I'm Venus. I'm Serena. So what'd you think? I wrote me a 78-page plan for their whole career before they was even born. Yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> These girls so great, how come I've never heard of them? They're from Compton. It's okay. They're just not used to seeing good-looking peoples like us. She's nervous. Make a step up. Maybe she ought to take a few more steps up. Just get someplace safe. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Oh, no, brother man. I got me the next, too. This next step you got to take, you're not going to just be representing you. You're going to be representing every little black girl on Earth. They're not going to let you doubt. How could you? This world ain't never had no respect for Richard Williams, but they're going to respect y'all. You walk out there with your head up. You are a champion, and the whole world knows. The most dangerous creature on this whole earth. It's a woman who know how to think. Yes, Daddy. Ain't nothing she can't do. You gonna show them how dangerous you are? and Serena gonna shake up this world. Venus Williams, who is your best friend? You, Daddy. Serena Williams, who is your best friend? Venus. Then you. (laughs) Then you. After Venus. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for King Richard, and the story is as follows. Based on the true story that will inspire the world, King Richard follows the journey of Richard Williams, an undeterred father instrumental in raising two of the most extraordinarily gifted athletes of all time, who will end up changing the sport of tennis forever. Driven by a clear vision of their future and using unconventional methods, Richard has a plan that will take Venus and Serena Williams from the streets of Compton, California to the global stage as legendary icons. The film is starring Will Smith, Anjanou Ellis, Sonia Sidney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn, and John Bernthal. It is directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green and written by Zach Balin. Here to join me today for this podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman. 
Hi, everybody. Emma Sasek. Hello, hello. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. So King Richard premiered at the Telluride Film Festival, where it garnered Oscar buzz for Will Smith's leading performance here as Richard Williams, the patriarch of the Williams family. And since then, it has gone on to get even more Oscar buzz in categories such as Best Picture and beyond. So now that the film is finally playing in theaters, getting a huge promotional push from the Williams sisters, from Will Smith, everyone at Warner Brothers, and is now streaming on HBO Max for people to watch at home. What do we think of King Richard? I'm going to first start us off here with Emma Sasek. Emma, what did you think of King Richard? As somebody who played tennis when I was little, and I still continue to play the sport every once in a while, um, this was a movie that I was really looking forward to. I mean, you know, my own relationship with my dad when we used to play tennis um, obviously played a big factor into that. Um, but just knowing these two tennis superstars, who they are today, their career and the trajectory that it took them on, it's just an inspirational and phenomenal story. So to kind of see where it all started was just so sweet. And I think that this cast is phenomenal. Will Smith obviously is leading the charge. And I think that there's really no question in terms of what the award season may look like for him. But Anjanu Ellis is just phenomenal as the powerhouse strong mother behind these two girls and also kind of going head to head with Richard at a few times in the film. Um, I loved seeing that. And the two girls playing Serena and Venus, I mean, such incredible performers already at such a young age. I'm sure that their careers are just going to skyrocket after this. Um, So overall, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I got a little teary eyed at a few moments just knowing what what's next for these girls. And honestly, I would sit through like five more movies documenting the Williams sisters lives and their careers. So I was a big fan of this. Nice, nice. Nicole Ackman. So I was really lucky and I got to see this at Film Fest 919, which is our uh, festival here in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And I actually got to see it at a drive-in theater, which was really fun. This is actually a movie that like, I think actually plays very well in that sort of drive-in setting. And, you know, I went into it and I also played tennis as a kid. And obviously I'd always looked up to Serena and Venus Williams and I wasn't that excited about this movie, though. Sports movies are not my thing. Uh, And sports biopics definitely are not my thing. But I have to admit, I was pretty won over by it. It is a movie that I think, in a lot of regards, is pretty conventional, pretty, you know, it's a good movie. It's nothing super special. But I do think that the performances really elevate it. And it is also, like, the perfect movie to be coming out right now because I think it's, like, the perfect movie to watch with your family over the holidays. Okay. And Josh Parham. Yeah, I'm going to agree with a lot of what's already been said. I uh, I was not into tennis as a kid. That's the one point <laughs> that I will diverge. But uh, I thought that this movie was overall very, very good and very well done. I do think that it definitely still has the conventions of a lot of movies that are based on the lives of real people. And it tries to give its main subject some... Uh, some dimension, but I think at the same time it understands that there is a sort of uplifting goal that the movie still has in mind, and it doesn't deviate from that too much. 
But in the moment and what it's trying to do, I think that it succeeds in being a very entertaining crowd pleaser. And I think that's thanks to most of these performances. Yes, Will Smith, but the supporting cast around him is also really good. And I would even say that the direction itself, like it, it still manages to be pretty conventional in a lot of places, but there are times where I think that the direction actually does give this material a little bit more artistry than you would normally see in kind of traditional traditional studio biopics. So yeah, it's not like a perfect movie. It's not a particularly innovative one either, but for the goals that it has set out to entertain the audience and inform them about these people that we saw that we somewhat know about, I thought that it was pretty well done for what it is. Yeah, I think it's a better than average feel good sports trauma. You know, we see a couple of these every single year. It's its own uh, category of movie making, essentially, at this point. And, you know, as Nicole was saying earlier, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. All well and good. I have to admit, as someone who's not really a sports fan, they aren't my thing either. But when one comes along that is just a notch better than all the rest and has a studio behind it, a major one like Warner Brothers here, giving it a high production value and crafting it in a way where it just moves. It moves with precision, it moves with care, and it hits all the right notes it needs to. I I kind of equate it in that regard to uh, a film from a few years ago, Ford v. Ferrari, where that too was another big studio movie that, um, you know, on the surface, you look at it and go, oh, another racing film. But it just had that little extra special quality about it to elevate it above some others and make it stand out that much more. Um, And it's not just the Oscar buzz that it's garnering here. I think the secret sauce of this movie is the performances from the cast. I mean, the, the the buzz around Will Smith is definitely massive, and he is terrific. But what I wasn't expecting heading into this was I wasn't expecting to be blown away by what John Bernthal was doing, by what Anjanu Ellis um, was doing, by what uh, Sanaya Sidney was doing. It's really great all around, even uh, in other smaller roles, like played by Tony Goldwyn, who only shows up for a section of the movie. So... All around, I think this is a very entertaining, crowd-pleasing film that you could show to virtually anyone, um, which does make it, as mentioned earlier, the perfect film to watch over the Thanksgiving holiday uh, weekend, and is something that I think is going to have tremendous staying power throughout this awards season. Um, I want to first start off by talking about um, the character of Richard Williams and his unconventional parenting methods uh, here, because... The movie makes it very, very clear that, yes, he is hard. Yes, he is stubborn. And maybe, just maybe, there are times where he's putting himself maybe above his his two girls. Um, I think the movie kind of goes back and forth on that a little bit here um, sometimes throughout. But despite some of these uh, moments in the movie where it calls into questions his code of ethics, if you will, his character, at, at the end of it all... This is a father who is trying to protect his daughters and keep them off the streets so that this way they can have a better future than he he ever received. And that is something that I found to be quite inspirational and very moving here, mostly because of the performance from Will Smith. Yeah, I would say it is 
mostly down to that performance because you're you're right that it tries to give you like this full picture of his motivations and where he is sort of coming from in the situation where he's sort of balancing his own upbringing with how hard that was and trying to give a better life to his kids but then there's also some selfish motivations there i still think at the end of the day that's not a terribly innovative portrait of a person in these kinds of, of movies and not to say that it's bad it just like it was very easy to kind of figure out what they were trying to say with this kind of a character and i think that like a lot of the characters in this movies actually it's mostly up to the performances to get you more so invested in them and i think that will smith absolutely is able to do that it feels like a very kind of calculated sort of studio engineer kind of performance or one uh, one that you would see in this type of movie but it's also the type of performance that you really appreciate from a movie star and it feels so authentic and genuine for this character that i think it's exceptionally well done it is and you know at no point while you're watching this will you not be frustrated with richard uh, and what he's doing either to his girls or, you know, how he's constantly like holding them back from doing what they really want. I mean, the biggest uh, issue here and obviously in real life was that the two girls didn't play in junior tennis for about three years. And so everybody was like, what are you doing? You need to let them play matches. But he kept saying, no, no, I have a plan. I have a plan. And after a certain point, I'm sure everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, leave this plan alone. Like, why aren't you listening to like actual professionals and these coaches who have trained leaders in the sport for years at this point? But I mean, you know, the film moves in such a way where you're like, okay, I this guy does know what he's talking about. We do see what happens to them. Um, and especially there is a point at toward the end of the film, maybe like the middle, middle-ish, where he has where Richard has a very meaningful conversation with Venus. Um, and I mean, that's kind of that moment that is going to be playing in the Oscar clips for Will Smith. Um, but it's just a really beautifully, beautiful emotional moment between the two of them um, that kind of puts all of those worries that you may have in mind about his motivations. It, it kind of puts them at rest because you do see a father at the end of the day speaking to his daughter and giving her the love and the care that he didn't receive from his father at a crucial moment in his life. And so that moment was just very, very great to watch. And then there's a moment too with Serena toward the end of the film where, you know, this is mainly Venus's story because she's the older sister. And in real life, she got her start professionally a little bit before Serena did. But, you know, he does go back to Serena and tells her like, don't worry, I have a plan for you too. This is not, you're not just going to be watching from the sidelines. And so I thought that he had just some really fabulous moments in terms of those emotions. And, you know, he just, he had great moments standing up for himself and for his girls. And yes, he's a frustrating man and a complicated man. Um, but Will Smith truly just pushed this performance to a whole new level. And I, I loved seeing him in something like this. I do think it's, I don't know. I, I do wonder a little bit like how much of this vision of him is because this is a movie about him. And it, it feels at times a little sanitized to me. Like they're, they're playing over um, some issues with the ways in which he is pushing them. And 
and not listening to other people's advice, not just their coaches, but even their mother at times, which was very frustrating to me. So I, I do kind of question like, okay, is this actually how these girls were feeling towards him when this was all happening? Um, so I don't know. I yeah. find it a little bit smoothed over, to be honest, which I think is kind of what you expect from a biopic like this. And I think, you know, obviously, like the Williams sisters have been out here helping promote it. Like it's a very um, I, I'm positive it's it's a cleaned up view of him. Oh, uh, yeah. Even it, it does obviously show that he's a complicated guy, but I do think it probably goes pretty damn easy on him. But I had the funny experience of, you know, like I said, I watched this at a drive in and I texted a friend of mine about halfway through and I was like, yeah, like, what's well, is good, but like, I'm not wowed. Like, if he wins, that's fine. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, I texted back and I was like, never mind. Uh, he's great. Um, <laughs> I, do think, I do think he's much better, like, in the second half of the movie than he is in the first half. In the first half, I think it does approach um, a little bit of like starting to seem like not a caricature, but like, I think the first half of this film, like he just doesn't have much to do to show any depth. Um, and the film, one of my one gripes with it is that it does start to feel a little bit repetitive. Um, and so it feels like you're watching him do the same shtick over and over until we get like to the last third of it where he gets more emotional work to do. Um, but I, I do think that he does a very great performance, even if I sort of wish we'd seen a little bit more nuanced of a view of this character you know and that's interesting because i kind of agree it took me a little while to warm up to what will smith was doing here uh performance wise with the uh you know the hunched over posture the the voice um the mannerisms and everything else that he's doing to inhabit this character here uh but his moments where he is being incredibly stubborn and firm and standing up for his daughters or for his plan for his daughters, you know, you really get a sense of Will Smith's uh, commanding screen presence in those moments. And it's there where I feel that the movie star quality of him really disappears. And instead, it does feel like he really is trying to do some character actor level work at times. I think it's one of his very, very best, mostly because of the fact that I was so incredibly moved by it. I actually do think it is a very complex character. Maybe the movie itself doesn't present it in a very, very uh, complex sort of way. But I think that what Will Smith is working with here to wrestle through uh, some of these conflicting emotions that he has, especially where he is trying to stick to a plan that he has set out for his daughters, but everyone is telling him that, you know, no, she has to play, you know, this tournament, for example. And he's being told by <laughs> Rick Macy, played by John Bernthal. He's being told by his wife, played by Andre Ellis. He's being told by his own daughter. And seeing Will Smith wrestle with the idea that maybe, just maybe, Richard might actually be wrong after all is really, really fascinating stuff. So I, I, I do agree, Nicole, it gets better as it goes, but yet still, regardless of that, I was still very riveted by it the whole way through. And I do like that there are moments where other characters do go head to head with him in those decisions. Like you see them so physically frustrated and are like, are you 
kidding me, dude. Like you have to stop thinking that you are the only one that knows everything in this situation. Oh, those are the best scenes in a movie. Like Tony Goldwyn, John Bernthal, Anjanu Ellis. Anytime either one of them confronts Richard, uh, that that is to me uh, the best stuff in the movie right there because you're having two forces, basically two opposing forces played by, uh, you know, two actors in a given scene just colliding and it's a question of whose will is going to break first no pun intended and i i find that to be just so fun to watch absolutely i mean this entire movie should have just been renamed like <laughs> conflicts with richard because everybody has a choose with him <laughs> yeah and that even extends into one of if not maybe the best scene in the movie which is the talk between richard and Venus on that like tennis court late at night uh, right before she plays her first match and I mean the emotion that both of them are showing in that scene but also that it feels not like it's going out of control they're not like devolving into histrionics it's like it's a very emotional moment and they're both trying to like hold their own against each other which has sort of been the running through line throughout the their entire relationship and it's just really well presented in that moment that just squarely focuses in on their performances. I thought that was particularly well done. I also like, too, that as the movie progresses, uh, Richard starts to allow Venus to answer for herself and make her own decisions through the process. Like, he's not answering for her. Yes, he is a guiding presence, and he's trained her as well as he can train her, both uh, professionally with the tennis work, but also from a media training aspect as well, that... I do enjoy seeing, especially in that scene where she's offered the um, contract from Nike, and it's for a lot of money. I think it's like $3 million or something like that. It's the big payday that Rick Macy, Richard, the whole family, everyone's been waiting for, and she is concerned that they haven't seen her actually play. And everyone knows it, and they don't say it out loud in the dialogue, but you yourself as the audience are also thinking it, that if they see her play, then they might up the offer. So why sign now when she could go play, win, come back and get a better deal later? And he leaves that all up to her. She could have in that moment have said, no, I'll take the deal. And who knows how Richard would have reacted, but he leaves the decision entirely up to her. And I think that that trust is something that you do start to see evolve throughout the course of the film, where in the beginning, I don't feel like he's entrusting them to make big decisions uh, like that. And also what a great like message, like, know your worth like know that you're worth so much more and like you have so much to show the world that you know these people don't even know what you're capable of doing I wouldn't have if I was in that situation and I was presented with so many zeros in front of me I would have been like all righty big payday (laughs) like what a great moment for this girl who is like yeah no I know I'm so much better and I will show them just by playing a single match and they will not know what to do I mean it also speaks to the quality of also how hard these parents had to work to get their kids to this point. Um, Richard is seen coaching them throughout the day on these tennis courts uh, that, let's face it, are probably you know not the best. They're getting rolled up on by uh, people in, in the town who are you know hitting on his daughters and 
God knows what their intentions are necessarily. So there's a constant threat always hanging over uh, Richard during the day. And then he has to go and do a day, uh, well, a night job rather in the evening. It's like, when does this guy ever sleep? And we see that uh, his wife is uh, a nurse and she's constantly working as well. And they're both trying to push their kids to prioritize good grades in school, church, family, all these other values, and then sports, tennis, like the, the, this time where they can have fun is something that comes uh, secondary uh, because he knows, he knows that with the success that can come, the fame from this rise to stardom, that there's also a downward spiral that could happen when that occurs too early in somebody's life. And I, I just thought that this was all very brilliantly well laid out because too often do we see that where someone achieves the top of the mountain too early and when you find the top of the mountain and there's nowhere left to go there's nowhere left to go but down so putting all of this emphasis on these life lessons and everything else along the way uh is something that you know yeah fine he has them practicing out in the rain Yes, he can be a little hard on them from time to time and work them to the bone. But you know what? I I bought into it. I honestly bought into it to the point where I started to not even question that any of it was necessarily wrong, especially considering the fact that they're a black family uh, that is you know coming from uh, Compton, California. They do not have the same level of means that are at their disposal as some others in this uh, sport of tennis uh, that these other white uh, people have. And so they have to work just as hard, uh, harder, way harder (laughs) to achieve even close to what uh, some people are just handed. So I don't know. For me, I found that all to be incredibly uh, inspirational and something that can be shown to families all over, uh, no matter what your race or your class or background is. And you're hopefully able to draw some level of hope from that and take that with you in pursuing your own dreams. Yeah, I do wish sometimes, though, that this movie could have been a little bit more interested in what the Williams sisters were going through, because this is, obviously, it's a movie about their dad. And while you do get a sense of their emotional state it the movie is still being told from his perspective and i do think that just in terms of a storytelling method you do lose a little bit of the impact of what they're going through but at the same time i think for a movie that is still about the patriarch of this family you do get enough of a sense of what of what their perspectives are and i think more so than you would normally get and that is still appreciated but i do think that because they are fixed with where his motivations are it means that everyone else's is sort of secondary and there are i will admit there are times when i wish that we were a little bit more integrated in their own point of view because you could argue that there's sort of is more important because they have the more kind of emotional weight that they're carrying Yeah, I'm just going to say it. My biggest issue with this movie is that I think that they took a really interesting story and chose the less interesting person to make it about. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think that Venus and Serena are so fascinating, Uh, particularly, you know, what they achieved, what they where they came from. But also the thing in the whole film I'm most interested in is 
the relationship between the two of them and the fact yeah. that they are rivals in this sport and that, you know, Venus sort of gets chosen over Serena to be coached um, initially. And Serena has to sort of fight her own way to it. And the relationship with her mother, who sort of recognizes that her younger daughter is getting, you know, put to the side for her older sister's sake and says, no, I'm going to train you myself. Then we're going to keep you up. I'm not going to let you get overshadowed. And I think that all of that is so compelling and so interesting. And it gets completely sidelined to talk about Richard. And I also think that like, one of my biggest issues with it is that in the movie, I don't feel like we get any sense of who these girls are um, aside from each other. They seem like one sort of monolithic entity. Like I don't get a real sense of a personality of one versus the other. And I think that that's a real shame because I do think that that is something also that the media has sort of treated them that way their entire lives. So they are the same person. And I would have liked to have seen them actually be a little bit more differentiated within the film. And I just, yeah, that's, I mean, like whenever it comes down to it, that is my biggest problem with the film is that it really rubs me the wrong way that it sidelines two of the most successful like female athletes of all time. And I just wish that there was like even just one like really emotional conversation between the two sisters in this movie too, because it's just like, good job, you did it. Yeah, we're doing it. (laughs) And it's like, you know, you we clearly see Serena is hurting that, you know, she's just kind of sidelined. And so she kind of goes off on her own and decides to register for the 10 and under matches, like behind everybody's back at one point. Um, and it's like, where was that? Like, where was that inner, you know, just inner struggle that she was facing? Why couldn't we have seen that? Um, and then anytime really that, like we saw Venus, um, it would just be like a very confident young girl, which is amazing to see. I want to see that. But then everybody was like, why is she so confident? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, (laughs) it just would have been, yes, I totally agree. Let's just see a little bit more of these girls. I mean, when he mentions that, like, they're speaking three languages already, it's like, oh, we just kind of bypassed completely over their schoolwork or, you know, and it's mentioned that they're at the top of their class. Um, Not to mention that the other sisters are just kind of, background figures (laughs) yeah no no all good points all around i have thought about this quite a bit where i think that if this wasn't a major hollywood studio and you know because obviously will smith signed on to the project first i wonder if this was developed by a smaller studio if we would have gotten the story that you outlined there nicole instead because i i was trying to wrap my brain around while watching it as well why couldn't this have just been told as the biopic sports story of these two sisters as the leads and the, the mother and father could be supporting characters in all of this? And I think it's because, and if I had to take a guess, I think it is because they are, uh, you know, f- what, 14, right? 14, 12 years old, something along those lines. And because they don't have so much of an active role in their uh, career progression. Yes, they are doing the work on the on the court itself, but all of the backroom dealings and everything that has to happen with Richard and all these other people, you need to you need to tell that from Richard's perspective uh, because he's the one making uh, those deals and decisions. So, I I I would love I would love to be a fly on the wall and to hear 
what the conversation was like in the writer's room over whose perspective to tell the story from because I I, I, I do think it is a little difficult because most sports stories that we do see in, in Hollywood, they don't tend to be from the perspective of children. The, the, there is a section in the movie usually that is told from uh, their perspective as a child, but then it kind of uh, bypasses that and then goes to when they're maybe playing in college or maybe uh, as a full-grown adult and then that's where the meat of the story usually lies because then they can take center stage and take action in their own story so yeah I don't know I, I went back and forth on this and I don't mind it as much but at the same time I do wonder what that movie could have looked like as well with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. And I think that there's actually a really compelling story there about the fact that their father is someone making all these decisions for them when they're younger and about them sort of coming into their own agency because we do see Venus go from her father making all of her decisions to starting to make her own decisions. And I think that's a really compelling story. And I think that what we do see of these girls in the film makes me think that these are young actresses who are talented enough to carry off being the leads of a movie about a young Venus and Serena Williams. And I just think it's, it's a real shame, even, you know, even that the film wasn't just more centered around the family as a whole, because I also would have liked to have seen more of, uh, their mother Brandy's perspective, particularly, I think that the movie sort of glosses over that we make a lot of what um, Richard has sacrificed and has done to get his girls where they are. And I think that the movie sort of glosses over that she has done more if, you know, not not just the same, but more emotionally because of what she's put up with from her husband as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that scene between them in the kitchen is like this reckoning of really her character essentially stating to Richard, you know, a lesser woman would have left by now, but I stick around. I stay for our two girls because of what we've achieved and what we've built together with them, not just you, but the two of us as a team. Exactly. And there are moments in this movie where he's making decisions without consulting her and she's calling him out on it. There are times where she is absolutely completely against uh, his methods, like the scene where he uh, is threatening to leave them behind at the convenience store because they're bragging about the win that they had earlier when it's, you know, not really bragging necessarily. Uh, so there are moments where she's constantly, uh, you know, 
either challenged or challenging him. And I think that that scene between the two of them is so, so incredibly great, mostly because it finally does put Richard in his place where he really does need a like, you know, somebody to give him a gut check, you know, and really tell him like it is. And, you know, one of the things that I wish that the movie maybe was able to bring about a little bit more. But once again, um, this goes back to what we were saying earlier about how like the movie is addressing these things, but it doesn't want to go too, too deep into it because at the end of the day, this has to be a inspirational uh, feel good sports story. Uh, You know, Richard's infidelity is brought up in that scene with her as well. And it's discussed, it's out there, but the movie is too afraid to paint Richard as too much of a bad guy. Yeah, I think that a lot of this movie, as I said before, it still suffers from these kind of conventions of the studio-backed biopics. And I think that the the character of Brandy, played by Ingenue Ellis, is maybe one of the biggest um, casualties of that, where I love her performance, but it really is the performance that I think that is doing most of the heavy lifting because that character really just fits the standard of the supportive wife at home that has some conflicts, but they get one scene where they hash it out and it, you know, that's really all you get. I don't think that character has that much depth or complexity to her, at least not outside of similar archetypes that we've seen in the past. But I think it's because of Ellis, her performance is so captivating and so compelling in this movie that you are fascinated by what she's going through. But I think it's really up to her and not necessarily not necessarily the material that she is given. And then what did we think of the the way like I, I don't I got I, <laughs> I don't understand how tennis is played. I don't know if any of you know the game of tennis necessarily. We do. We do. <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> yeah, Emma and I do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a little lost in the woods. I'll, I'm sort of with you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, cuz I I listen, I'm watching these tennis scenes and all I know is, you know, just get your opponent to not hit the ball and you get a point or something like that. That's I, I don't know what score they're building up to or how rounds are won and things like that. I don't get any of that. But during the actual uh, sequences of tennis playing itself, uh, that is where I found that the film had some really effective sound work, some really smooth uh, editing work going on. And even though I didn't really understand necessarily maybe the game itself, the character work and the performances that were going into uh, this movie were really helping me to become invested in the matches themselves, even if I (laughs) didn't really understand exactly what was going on. Basically, if you hit a net, that's not good. (laughs) If the ball goes out, that's not good. Those are all points for your opponent. (laughs) Okay. Got it. It's a pretty simple game. (laughs) It is. To get to get a one, you have to get a few points before then. But we don't have to go into all those (laughs) for that. Um, I really enjoyed, for example, I really liked the editing of those tennis matches at some points. Um, I just know that like going into the final moments of this film, which 
It depicts Venus's first professional game against Vicario in 1994. Um, as we were going into that match, I was like, oh my God, I need to look it up already before this happens in the movie. Like I was just so invested and so ready for it. Um, so I did, I did really like a lot of the tennis scenes. Even just watching them practice was so great because you see like the strength that these like 13, 14 year old children have. And you're like, wow, I'm such a weakling. Like I can't do any of that. <laughs> it, it is interesting because I think that some the tennis sequences are some of the best sequences, particularly crafts wise um, in the whole movie, which is funny because like I typically, that is the thing that I don't want to see in a sports movie. Like I famously said, I like Ted Lasso because I don't have to watch them play football. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think that they really build tension well and they really, um, also like we were saying, tennis is not like that hard of a game to grasp. It's not like uh, there's anything super complicated that you need to understand to be able to, to know what's going on. It's kind of like, oh good, they hit the ball or like, oh, they missed the ball. Uh, and I will also say, watching this movie, I came out of it and I was like, damn, I really want to go play tennis now. Yeah. Like, and I've not thought about playing tennis in a long time. So the fact that it brought that back is really a miracle. Nicole, uh, you like, and I are hitting the court after this. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> tennis now. Um, now, as long as John Berndahl could join you both with that mustache, then it'll be a oh good my. time. <laughs> Bring the shortest shorts possible and then we're talking. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Man, I loved I loved some of the short jokes in this. Like, could they get any shorter? I think somebody tells him or whatever it was. I was like, yes, please make fun of this fashion statement <laughs> yeah. that we're doing here. <laughs> I mean, Will Smith had to work on those squats in order to have those legs look that good in those shorts. Leg day <laughs> every day. We never see the man in pants the whole movie. <laughs> I know, it's wild. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I will also say just with the, the tennis sequences, it's not that they're, like, hard to follow because you're right. Like, the, the basic conceit is hit the ball back and forth and whoever yeah. misses it, like, you know, that's good for the other person. Like, I get that. I do think that the whole, like, scoring system, if you're not terribly familiar with that, can be maybe a little confusing or, like, how many games you have to play in this certain set before one person gets over the other. I, I think – if you're not like super familiar with the game of tennis, that can seem a little, a little complicated. I think just in terms of like where the stakes are supposed to be in a particular moment, the specific stakes that is, you get a general sense. I think if you're not super familiar with tennis, but the more finer details of like the scoring system, I think for me, I was a little lost at times, but not enough for me to be like, oh, this is like completely not working. I still think you get the overall emotional investment in those scenes. And that's the most important thing. Like the other stuff is just technical. But if you get it, it's fine. But if not, the most important thing is what the emotional stakes are supposed to be in that moment. And the film through its filmmaking in those sequences accomplishes that job very well. Right. You see the frustration on her face. You see like even her family is like, oh, no, this is not going so well, because in that final match, the first set, which she won, like you to win a set in most times, you have to get six points. The first person to get six points wins that first set. She won that very easily. And we saw like that powerhouse performance. But then in the second and third set, in women's, it's best two out of three sets. When uh, Vicario like just came back and totally iced her, as they said, um, 
by taking like an eight, 10 minute break in order to like get in Venus's head, like you can see that aftermath in that performance. And, you know, you see those frustrations, you see even Richard, he's like, oh, damn it. Like, God damn it, guys. Why did she have to do that? Why isn't there a regulation against that stuff? Um, so I do understand maybe for like some people, it is like a, if you want to focus on those technical elements of the game itself, you're like, wait, what, what's going on here? Um, but I think, you know, overall, just like the emotions and the expressions on these characters faces, it kind of tells you like, okay, they're doing very good or they're not doing so good. (laughs) No, I got the gist of it. I, I was able to get there. Uh, it, it is definitely more of the technical specifics that were lost on me. But then again, the character work, like I said before, is so strong that I didn't really need to have to follow the game to be invested in what was happening. For final thoughts on King Richard, anything that we didn't mention that you want to mention, Nicole? Oh, man. I just want to shout out again how good I think this entire cast is. Obviously, everyone's talking about will smith but i think that a lot of the performances in this film are really great especially anjanu ellis but i also think that these are two very talented young actresses that we see in the roles of venus and serena i think you know at the end of the day it is a feel-good movie i don't think it's like a great film i think it's a very good film uh but at the same time like it's the kind of movie that i won't be upset to see do well over awards season and i i you know will not uh, begrudge it any success that it has because I think that it deserves it. And like I said earlier, I'm going to reiterate, I've already told my parents to check it out. Uh, It's a very good go-to movie if anyone else like me has uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles who are continually like, you know movies, what should I watch? Uh, This and Belfast are going to be my two go-to answers to that. All right. Josh Parham. Uh, I think the only other thing I want to say is – I also do want to just give a shout out to Ronaldo Marcus Green, who directed this movie, because I think that a lot of times we just sort of look at these films and like it's, you know, performances mostly and the direction's just sort of pedestrian. But I actually think that this is a pretty strongly directed film. And, yeah, there are moments where it does have more conventional sequences, but. I think this movie actually has a lot more craft and innovation in its filmmaking than we would normally see in these types of movies. And I think one of the first instances that I got that was the scene where Richard is confronting like those uh, those gangsters in the neighborhood where he's out playing really late at night and they're like beating him. And you get these really interesting shots of like Richard laying on the ground that are like. Uh, where he's far away or the tennis balls are like hitting him. It's like these really strong compositions. And then afterwards when he, there's a moment where he's going to like confront them again. And the way that that sequence plays out in his shot is really interesting as well. So I do think that that deserves a shout out that this movie, even though it doesn't really need to be that well directed at, at times, because we don't really expect that. I think that green did bring some skill to the construction of this movie. And I think that deserves some credit, especially for this kind of a film where we don't normally expect to see that. You're hundred percent right in that scene, by the way, where he gets beat up and they knock over uh, the basket of balls and they just roll around his body i it's a great shot i thought that was one of the saddest images in the entire film <laughs> yeah but so well done yeah completely i i definitely agree with you on that and i think that his direction in this is very good in that it is invisible 
at times. It's not showy and drawing attention to itself. But what it is able to do is, and I've said this before on one of our main show episodes, I think that this is one of the best edited films of the year because to me, it never slogs. Uh, It just constantly moves throughout and it is always holding you in its grasp. And it does so without calling attention to itself. And I think that that is a skill that is very undervalued. So I do have to give Green uh, a tremendous amount of credit for being able to craft the story without usual uh, tricks to go to that would uh, draw attention to themselves and maybe also bring about um, talking points and discussion that would be distracting from the real story that he wants to tell here. Uh, And Emma Sasek, what about you? First, shout out to me for telling everybody how to play tennis. I've never been an alpha when it comes to a sport, so that was a moment I will never forget in my life. We're, we're both thriving. I literally could not be prouder of myself right now. Um, you know, really just want to reiterate what everybody has already said. Really fantastic performances from this cast. Um, yes, I would have loved to have seen some more moments between the girls and just their own journey, um, but I think with what we were presented, I think it tells a really great, super inspirational story. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't say that this isn't an, an, this isn't an inspirational story, just knowing where these two are today. I uh, love the editing. I love any time I hear a tennis ball hit a racket. I think it's one of the best sounds ever. Um, I know, again, yes. so cheesy Retweet. and so lame. <laughs> Retweet, but honestly, like a tennis ball hitting a racket is like top 10 sounds on this oh, planet. It's so nice. It's so nice. <laughs> and then ending the film with Beyonce's Be Alive. What a moment. Love that song. Like, it's just an amazing song. And I hope that I currently believe that that's going to be our best original song winner. We will see, but I do absolutely love it. And of course, you're going to have Beyonce end this movie. Like, how else are you supposed to end this movie without the Queen Bee? So that was a great way to top it all off. Um, I I agree. I also really like the editing in that credit sequence as well. Um, I love the sound work that's done there. It really helps to emphasize the song. And I like seeing, of course, the real-life footage of Venus and Serena at the peak of their careers, achieving the success that their father always uh, dreamed of. And uh, as even the final title on the film says, just like Richard predicted. (laughs) Yeah, very cute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, of course, seeing Richard himself uh, and seeing then uh, how close Will Smith's performance is to the actual uh, human being, even though... Going once again back to what Nicole was saying earlier, maybe we didn't need a movie to be focused on him necessarily so much. I I once again think that that has more to do with the fact that it's Warner Brothers, Will Smith signing on, and then people probably saying in rooms somewhere, well, if we don't have Will Smith, then we don't have a movie. And maybe that's true of Warner Brothers, but a smaller studio probably would have been able to tell a story about Venus and Serena as the protagonists of their own movie, I'm sure. And that's a whole other conversation for, you know, another day maybe about talking about why big studios are not willing to uh, cast strong female black women in the lead role of a movie and let that be the selling point. Um, But, you know... Yeah, well, it might also have something to do with the fact that the Williams sisters are producers on this movie, and there is also no involvement 
from Richard Williams, who is still alive. So that probably might be another wrinkle in the chosen perspective of this movie as well. Exactly. And that's another thing, you know, that to your point there, Josh, where it's like, I don't really know what's true and what's not then. And I don't know what to believe necessarily. We can question, you know, what if this, what if that? At the end of the day, this is the movie that we got. And I I would like to one day see maybe a different perspective, a different movie. Uh, But for now, this is not a bad movie by any means. I don't think that this is a poor uh, representation of what this family was able to achieve at all. And I think if anything, that's, as I mentioned earlier, very moving and very inspirational for a lot of people out there who are parenting uh, and trying to coach their kids into being the best versions of themselves that they absolutely could be, whether that's a doctor, a lawyer, or a a sports star someday. I want to really quickly just throw more praise towards John Bernthal in this. I feel like we didn't talk about him as much, but the energy that he brings to his role here as Macy is so much fun and so contagious, and I just love seeing him get stressed out over over Richard in this movie. <laughs> That's like some of the most fun scenes, uh, especially like towards the end when they have the Nike deal and he's like, why isn't everyone happy? I don't understand. He's so charming. <laughs> he really is. And that's like the beauty of John Bernthal's like he's a way more versatile actor than you would think he is. And he's able to inhabit so many different sides and personalities. And, you know, we know him Obviously, as somebody who could be like very tough and 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 rough and, and, you know, very masculine, but he can also be kind of a little bit more sensitive and attuned to other people's needs. And I think that this is another side of him as an actor that just really shows you how great he is. And oh, yeah, he's he's another just wonderful addition to this cast. And I, I love John Bernthal so much. He transforms, honestly, in every single role, Um, although I would love to see him not be a supporting role every single time. But maybe one day one (laughs) day will happen. Yeah. And uh, his hair was terrible in this movie, though. (laughs) I have a couple of other little side things I want to throw out there. Um, When uh, Richard says. Mac is gone, and the way Pete is rolling up on him, he may never come back. <laughs> when he's trying to get uh, Tony Goldwyn's attention, uh, that was pretty. Uh, there's a lot of charming moments in this movie uh, that are like that, where, you know, like when Richard tells uh, M- Macy, for example, "You are not wrong. That's all you're getting from me today." <laughs> he's like, "I'll I'll go off and think about it," you know. And it's like, I really really love that Richard is someone who is so stubborn to the point that it creates all this interesting conflict with the other characters in this that provides for some really fun uh, performances and some good dialogue matches back and forth between the characters. I think the screenplay in that regard is actually stronger than most other conventional sports movies that I tend to see sometimes where, once again, I'm so invested in the movie that... I got to lay some credit at the screenplay's feet here for uh, crafting uh, dialogue to allow for these actors to go back and forth off each other on. And that's pretty much it for me for my thoughts here on King Richard. Overall, good movie, maybe a better than average uh, sports movie. I really quite enjoyed it. I laughed. I even got emotional uh, at one or two points during this. I think Will Smith is freaking phenomenal. I think it's one of his best performances that he's given. And the rest of the ensemble is terrific as well. I'm giving this a pretty sturdy 8 out of 10. Emma, what about you? 
I'm also giving this an eight out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Lots of great things to sing praises about with this movie. Nicole? I hate to bring down the score, but I'm a strong seven out of 10. Josh? Well, I'm down there with you, Nicole. I'm also a seven out of 10. Like, it's a good movie. I really enjoy it. It's not in like the sort of better than good territory for me. It doesn't quite get there, but like as a really solid, entertaining crowd pleaser with some good performances, it's very enjoyable. And then, as I mentioned at the top of the show here, King Richard garnering some Oscar buzz, not just for Will Smith, but in other categories as well. And the sky is truly the limit right now for this movie because it is a film that is uh, getting a lot of audience reception where it's being shown to crowds, people are going ecstatic for it. Uh, So with that said, you know, Will Smith, I think, is a given. Uh, I think that that's definitely going to happen. Oh, he's winning. (laughs) Listen, we don't like saying the W word this early, but. okay, all right. He's winning, quote unquote, wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do agree. I, I think that he is almost unstoppable at this point. The narrative is there. The role is there. It's the right kind of movie. It's the right time in his career. The competition's really not really there. Yeah. 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 I will say, you know, I, I currently also think, and he is my top, you know, top male actor right now uh, on my Oscar predictions. I did get a chance to see The Power of the Dog this week. And I do wonder, you know, does Benedict Cumberbatch, like, is he his highest competitor as of right now? Because that too was a wonderful performance. After this, I'm also going to be watching Tick, Tick, Boom. So this week is the week for male actors and (laughs) who's going to be crowding the field. Um, But as of right now, I am staying very strong on Will Smith being the top guy this year, but I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I really do think Will Smith is winning this. It feels like he's got the narrative. This is a good role for it. It's a movie that um, I think, you know, most people are going to like, even if they don't love it. And I think that they'll hopefully like, they're going to make sure that it gets seen. Obviously it's so early that I don't want to jinx it. Like Emma was saying, I do think like Benedict Cumberbatch is sitting right there, uh, ready to, to try and, and get, Uh, a win for Power of the Dog, but I really do think that this is more what the Academy is going to go for. I don't know how that's going to translate out to nominations across the board for the film, but I think that um, this and the song are sort of undeniably sitting in a really good spot to win. I also would like to see um, Anjanu Ellis get in into the supporting actress category. Um, You know, I think with the scenes that she had, she absolutely delivered. And she was also a favorite performance of mine for this film. And, you know, we were talking about the editing, too. Those are some noms that I hope do get in. I mean, she was borderline the entire movie until the kitchen scene. Once that scene happened, I was like, nope, she's getting in. Like, she's getting nominated for that for sure. Uh, Because that's the Oscar scene. That's the scene that we're always looking out for. Do they have the scene? Do they have the scene? She's got the scene. There's always one. (laughs) Yep. And then John Bernthal doesn't have the scene, but I think he is someone that could be a coattail nomination. And he's also someone who has just been working with every respectable uh, director in Hollywood in all these big projects. And I just can't help but feel that at some point, 
he will get recognized with a nomination somewhere. It may not be for a showcase role, but let's face it, as we mentioned earlier, John Bernthal doesn't really get showcase roles. He's someone that is always regarded as a reliable supporting actor that you can cast. And I think that that holds true here. So he just might be in the right place, the right time to kind of just come along for the ride and be uh, another nomination for this movie. I really don't know that I see that happening because I do think that like this is very much being perceived as the Will Smith show with Anjanu Ellis, maybe also. Um, But supporting actor is such a weird category this year that like truly who knows what's going to happen with it. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's the one thing that's holding me back from it, maybe at this point. But let's look at it from this perspective. If the Academy loves King Richard... I mean, they go for it in picture, actor, supporting actress, screenplay, editing, song, then it would make sense for him to also just kind of be a coattail nomination at that point. Absolutely. I I agree with that. I I think that if he got in, it wouldn't necessarily be the strength of the performance, even though he's really good. I think it would be a sign of the film strength overall. And as Nicole said, supporting actor is like so crazy right now. And it doesn't really feel like we have any guarantees in that category. It just sort of seems like go with the winds of where the movie is in best picture. And I think that helps him tremendously in this category. So I think that if he got in and it could happen, it would really more so mean how much they love that movie. And also I just think how much, Really, Will Smith is sort of carrying everybody else over the finish line. Because when you have somebody who's so strong in one acting category, they can pull other people along with them with those coattail nominations, too. I didn't like the editing of this movie is something that I know we were talking about earlier. But in the past, I normally would have discounted this for editing and I would have gone towards more flashy, you know, types of films, maybe. But... I've learned my lesson. I'm not falling for it. And I think that this is probably going to get in the editing conversation as one of those just invisible hand edited films where it's good, but you don't notice how good it is necessarily unless if you're really, really paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and also, I think, as we mentioned, the tennis sequences, those are where the editing gets a little bit more flashy and you do notice it there. And I think just generally anything that's sort of in the top position to win Best Picture almost always shows up for film editing. So you just that's already a given right there. But the type of story that it is being a sports film, that also helps it in the category, too. Yeah, I would say that it's uh more pronounced and more apparent to me as a contender than, say, something like Green Book, which also got a Best Film Editing nomination. Exactly. Like, you could see this coming, I think, a little bit more so than with Green Book and Film Editing. And another category, I think, where the type of movie it is could benefit it is Best Sound. I think that this is also a contender in that category, too. That's what I'm saying. Those tennis ball sounds, like, they just stick out so beautifully in this. With only one category for sound, that's where I'm a little hesitant, but I could see it. I'm not completely disregarding it. I just feel that, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the same logic that we're using to apply to Berndahl to editing can also be applied to sound. It just depends on how much the Academy chooses to go for it. And if they are really, really in the camp for it, then 
these additional noms are going to show that there is love across the board. And the last category I want to mention here is Best Director, because this being a top-tier Best Picture contender, uh, that is something that we also have to discuss. And while I do think that the direction is really good, and I could see a world where Ronaldo Marcus Green shows up at things like Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, DGA, but I think he's like one. I think he fits the mold as someone who, you know, gets in a DGA but misses the Oscar nomination. Yeah, I think that he definitely feels like that classic case of that director that shows up at every precursor and then misses out at the very end. And I definitely see that happening. The one thing I will give in his favor, though, is that unlike those other cases, those are usually people that are like they're mostly known as just writers. They don't direct that much or they're actors turned directors who don't have as much uh, sort of cred with the directing branch. And not that Green has had like a long history of a, as a director, but I think that he is a little bit more established as a filmmaker than some of those other examples like, you know, a an Aaron Sorkin or Martin McDonough or Bradley Cooper. So I feel like he has a little bit of a better shot if they really do love the movie. I would still bet on him not getting the nomination, but I think he's in a stronger position than we would normally see of those other kinds of filmmakers who do these very kind of glossy studio films that end up missing out in the end. Anything else? Anything about the film's award season chances? I think those are most of the categories. Like I, I, th- I don't know if it's a slam dunk for original song right now, just because it is an end credit song and you just never know sometimes. But I think that's another situation where if they go for it, it'll be more so because they like the movie. They want to just see Beyonce win. I, like I said, I don't know if it's a slam dunk right now, but it is in a very, very strong position. I think it's in a strong position as well, being that it's in a contender that is most probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. That helps it considerably. Uh, We also cannot deny the power that is Beyonce. (laughs) Uh, At least we forget. So, yep, yeah. But I agree, Josh. It being an end credit song, mm, that's like the that's the one knock that I have against it right now. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they don't care. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first one that would win in that yeah. situation. No, of course not. Absolutely not. <laughs> and it, it really is a beautiful song. And hell yeah, Beyonce deserves to win an Oscar. Totally. Yeah. Oh, uh, one last thing is, I don't think this is happening. I just want to mention it, that I do have respect for Chris Bowers. But man, his scores are just, they just sound so generic. Like they're just (laughs) for, here is the glossy studio movie. And, you know, I'm rooting for him, obviously, but man, it it could happen for him with this movie, but I just wish his stuff sounded a little bit more exciting and not just, as I said, so generic for these kind of glossy movies out there. Which is why when I saw so many people on MVP putting him in the uh, original score category, I was like, why? But then again, I realized that like half the team hadn't seen the film yet. So, <laughs> well, I think that's well, also, also a strength of the film's reception as a possibility too. That's I have it. I think sitting in like tenth place or something right now, just on a like if they really go for this and they're just like checking boxes down the thing for King Richard, it wouldn't shock me. All right. I don't like. I don't. I hope it doesn't happen. Let me clarify. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's deserving, but. We've seen plenty of films get into craft categories that they have no place being in. 
Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, just because of the overall strength of the film. So I think you can't discount that like it could happen. All right. Well, that'll do it here for our discussion on King Richard here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Emma Sasek, tell everyone that's listening right now where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Emma underscore Sasek and on Letterboxd at Emma Sasek. Nicole Ackman. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16. And Josh Parham. You can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.